Howdy, Ags. Thanks for listening to the inaugural 12th Mole podcast. This podcast will help highlight our amazing students, graduate students, alumni, and faculty for the Department of Chemistry here at Texas A&M. My name is Dan Collins, and I will be the host of the podcast. This month's guest is Dr. Stephanie McCartney, a current instructional associate professor in the first year program. Dr. McCartney is from Savannah, Georgia, received her Bachelor's of Science in Chemistry from the University of Georgia in 2003. From there, she earned her PhD in Chemistry from the George Washington University in Washington, DC. After stints at Southern Polytechnic State University and Clemson University, she joined the faculty here at a and in 2014. For the past nine years, Dr. McCartney has been teaching general chemistry and the outreach coordinator for the Department of Chemistry. In 2022, she was named the inaugural Dr. Wendy Kenny Kinneycutt First Year Program Endowed Lecturer. Dr. McCartney, thank you so much for being our first guest. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Dr. McCartney, you are one of the most active teachers on campus. But as many of us know, we kind of get this stigma that our classes are too difficult, they're weed-out courses. So the big thing I have to ask you is, what topics do you see students struggle with most in your General Chemistry 1 course? In my Gen Chem 1, uh, I believe that the most challenging topics are going to come with our thermochemistry and especially calorimetry. The reason is, at this point in the semester, the students have gone through and learned a lot of their basic introductory to atoms, building molecules and ionic compounds, learning how to do some generalized stoichiometry. But by the time we get to thermochemistry, we're utilizing and taking each of those topics and combining them. And sometimes that's a big hurdle for our students to combine topics, use a little bit higher level thinking skills, critical thinking skills, and then applying and solving problems. So then we get into the second semester general chemistry two course. What hurdles do you see there? Do you see letter grade drop offs? Do you see difficulty in problems? How much harder is that course for most first year students? General chemistry is definitely in the next level of courses because it takes a lot of our fundamental topics and concepts from Gen Chem 1 and not only reapplies them, but again, combines them together. The most challenging is definitely going to be the buffers and titration section of Gen Chem 2. They not only have to do balancing equations, stoichiometry, identifying acids versus bases, but now they have equilibrium problems where they have to work through different ice tables and determine what are limiting reactants and figuring out what's left over at the end of a reaction in order to determine do we have a leftover acid or a base or a buffer and then trying to utilize new steps they've learned in Gen Chem 2 to eventually get the pH of their resulting solution. Dr. McCartney, you teach some of the largest classes on campus. Currently, you're in a lecture hall that seats 600 students. What do you do differently to help students that are struggling, especially with the numbers that you have? Well, thanks to COVID, one of the major changes I've made to my classroom over the past two and a half years is I have turned it into a flipped classroom. So I now have a huge library of videos where I go topic by topic through Gen Chem 1 and Gen Chem 2, teaching the concepts, the terminology, showing sample problems so that the students will view this beforehand and then we come to the classroom and work through more concept-based and math-based problems. The thing that I find that the students really appreciate about this flipped style 
is the ability to utilize those videos, not just when they're first learning the material, but as a resource when they are studying for the upcoming exam or even returning to them when they're looking for final exam study materials. Not only do I do that, but I've looked through and vetted different resources like FET simulations, other YouTube videos from other resources that help the students get maybe a different explanation or a different concept uh, explanation for how to work through different problems. Because I realize I'm not the only source that they should be able to use at this point. So with all of the resources that you do give out, what can students do to help themselves in a class so large? Definitely need to build a community. A supportive community with each other, with the professor, is absolutely vital for our students. Uh, one of the things that I do is I let them know, send me emails. I usually answer them about 24 hours, unless it's the weekend when I wear a different hat. Uh, and to definitely come and utilize student hours or SI sessions so that you can get extra practice, so that you can work in your groups. Because in life, nothing that we do is individualized. We're always working in groups and teams in order to solve problems and advance our knowledge. When you're working mostly with freshmen, undergraduate students, what's the best bit of advice that you tell your students and even their parents, if they were to be listening to this saying, my son or daughter is going into a chemistry course in college, what can they do to really help themselves? The thing that I tell freshmen or at this point anybody, it's okay not to be perfect. It is absolutely okay to make mistakes because that is how the learning process actually occurs. We have at this point in our society this idea that we have to always be right, that we have to always do more and be extra, but we don't. We are absolutely allowed to have bad days. We're absolutely allowed to have topics that we struggle with in order to learn and understand. And I let my students know that I don't expect them to be perfect. We should be allowed that grace of growing because that's the entire purpose of extending our knowledge through college and even in life. So your other biggest roles on campus are your, your service to the department, the college, the university. And it's one of those things that you've been the outreach coordinator now going on for nine years. So the big question I have to ask you is what one or two initiatives or successes are you most proud of for what you've done with your outreach? I absolutely love the Chemistry Open House. That was one of the biggest projects that I was told I would be in charge of coming into this position. And Dr. Wendy Kitty Kinnicutt did a lot over her many, many years to develop and grow the program. And I would like to think that over my nine-year tenure with it, I have grown it in other ways. I have now incorporated formerly the College of Geosciences uh, in order to come together. I have people from student groups and research labs from the College of Agriculture coming in. Depending on the theme of that particular year, I have had outside organizations come in and give demos and, and activities and explanations of how you can have various types of careers, not just in chemistry, but science in general. 
So growing this program and allowing it to be something that the community can engage with and understand and grow a love for chemistry and science has been absolutely amazing. So with the open house being the main event of the year, is that your favorite event to do or is there another aspect that you just look forward to every year? Several times during the year, I am asked by the Office of Student Recruitment to do some mock lectures for high school juniors and seniors that are looking to maybe come to A&M and be new Aggies. I love doing that because I can show off and do a lot of the activities and demos that I might not necessarily be able to do in my large lecture classes. Well, and it's one of those things that I know is that you've been getting going with the open house over the eight years that I've been here. I I truly expected you to say that your favorite event was designing the T-shirt for the open house. And I really think that's something that you enjoy more than anything, at least especially in that fun side. Yes. Designing the T-shirt for each theme for the year is my one artistic outlet that I have. Do you have a favorite T-shirt that you've designed? My top favorite T-shirt is the Marvelous Metals with the Marvel superhero theme to our chemistry elements. Uh, it's a wonderful shirt. Hopefully you individuals that are listening to this have, have seen that shirt. Personal favorite of mine has always been the heavy metals with especially the Freddie Mercury. So I want you to know that I know exactly how you feel. I do put a lot of Easter eggs into my shirts. I, I completely understand. You're also a member of the Aggie Honor Council, the Faculty Senate, and you do and have so much service that you're a part of. What is your favorite and why do you like serving the institution the way that you do? I like serving that institution on a larger level because it, I, I feel like it gives me a better impact for the university as a whole. I particularly enjoy working with the Aggie Honor Council because I feel like it's more of an educational service for our students you'd be surprised on how many times a student is shown that they have violated the Aggie honor code in some way and a lot of the times they don't realize some of what they have done violates the rules Uh, one of the biggest ones are typically plagiarism There's a lot of very fine details on that gray line, and some of them don't realize that they cross it. Well, and I think that's one of the issues that we've probably seen when it comes through the COVID era is many students that either have come from different institutions, whether it be high school or other ones, come to A&M when it has that standard. And we do hold that very high, and all of a sudden they end up in the Aggie Honor Council or the various hearings. When it comes to working with the council? What is your favorite aspect of it? What what is your favorite side of it? I know we typically get students on their worst day, but there's always something we walk away going, wow, I never expected that. Is there something redeeming that always takes you back and wants you to help out more with that? You're absolutely right. This is probably one of their worst days as a student at A&M. Most of the time, the students that realize what they have done violates the Aggie Honor Code will completely own it. And that's one of the great things about our core values as Aggies is that an Aggie does not lie, cheat, steal, or tolerate those who do. And many times when they realize that, yes, they've done it, they will own up to it. And they will ensure that from that point forward, they will find the ways 
to keep from violating it and help others to stay on the right side of that line. Well, that's wonderful. All right. So, Dr. McCartney, we're now going to head off to the kinetics questions of our podcast. This is our fast response, quick answer portion to questions from all over, not just the world of chemistry. Are you ready? Nope. Dr. McCartney, <laughs> favorite A&M tradition? Big of it. What about it? Oh, man, that is the one of the most interesting events that I heard of when I came here. I'm not a Texan. I'm not an Aggie. But for the size of this student campus to go out and selflessly help people in the community with so many things that general small things that you think that no one would need to help with these Aggies will just selflessly do it if you weren't teaching chemistry what would you be doing as a career I think that I would do historical reenactments and tour guides what would be your favorite reenactment period Ooh. I really love Colonial Williamsburg, so probably something like that. If you had to give up one of your food vices, Diet Coke or Skittles, which one would it be? I guess it would have to be Skittles because I can't give up my Diet Coke. I, I was about to say, as a good Georgian, if you were to say giving up Diet Coke, I, I would think that they would stop us immediately. I'd get kicked out of the state. You are an unbelievable huge fan of musicals. Bigger fan, Rodgers and Hammerstein or Andrew Lloyd Webber? I can't answer that. That's like asking which of your children is your favorite. Like there are days where I need to sing something from Carousel with Rodgers and Hammerstein. There's times where I need to be Evita with Andrew Lloyd Webber. There's times where I need to go and just sing everything Sondheim. I, I understand. All right. Probably the hardest question. Happier day in your life. Earning your Ph.D. or the Georgia football national title last year? Um. Probably the Georgia national title because I've always been told that your PhD advisor, your PI, will never let you defend unless they are sure that you are going to pass. Okay. So now we kind of transition out of the kinetics questions and it really kind of focuses back in on that football. You are arguably one of the biggest football fans in the department, having yes. graduated from a fellow SEC school in Georgia. Go dogs. Worked at Clemson and now here at A&M. What differences do you see here with the game day experience? We always hear that a lot of our students come here for that football experience. You've been at big football schools. What's different? What's better? What would you like to see a little bit more about that experience here at A&M? As an undergrad at University of Georgia, I went to probably 99% of the games. Um, we, we stood there. You stand for the whole game. And you cheer on your team no matter what. I've been there on the hottest days, the coldest days, the rainiest days. But win or lose, I was always there cheering on my dogs. Uh, I did go to one Clemson game while I was there. And they very much did the same thing. So it's nice to see a similarity of this is your team. You're going to go all out for them. And I, I do like the idea of that 12th man for the Aggies the concept of we are the Aggies. We are all one overall unified A&M nation, essentially. And that's what we have to do. Win or lose, we stick together. One of your major hobbies, as we brought up during the Kinetics questions, is acting in musical theater. Yes. How did you get into that? Does that help you with your teaching? What? Where did that all start for you? 
I've always loved to sing. And when I was a little girl, of course, I wanted to grow up and be a prima, uh, prima ballerina. That didn't happen. But I've still always enjoyed acting and dressing up. And Halloween is by far my favorite holiday. So I think that the acting and the theater and the musicality absolutely helps with my teaching because there's a certain level of presence that you need to bring to a classroom in order to engage the students. You have to get their attention from day one or it's it's lost. Do you have a favorite show that if it comes within 150 miles, you're dragging the husband, the kids, go into that show and saying, we have to see this? Yes. Which one? Phantom of the Opera. Ah. What about Phantom of the Opera? When I was little, my mom had the tape cassettes of Phantom of the Opera, and it took up both sides of two tapes. And I can remember sitting in the den with headphones on, listening to it. And I can remember when each tape would end, it had this sort of like, do-do-do-do-do, where you knew you'd have to turn the tape over. (laughs) On a completely opposite side, talking about the personal and professional route and finding that balance, how do you balance all the stresses of the teaching, the outreach, your family life with having two kids at home? How do you make time for yourself and, and balance all of that? And for a young professional that's listening to this, What are the one and two bits of advice that you could give to somebody to say, hey, it's not so bad as it really is out there? You have to compartmentalize. I have always stressed family first in any aspect of my life. Family comes first. From there, I do love my job. I love the teaching. I love the students. I love the light bulb moment that they have. But when I'm done at the day, I leave work at work and I go home and I put on my mom hat and my wife hat and enjoy family time. What is your favorite escape in a short term? I mean, you love your musical theater and all that sort of thing, but is it when you're done with the teaching weekend, do you do you throw the music on and do your own musical at home or do you completely unplug and take your boys somewhere? What what recharges you best? Well, when I'm in the car, if I'm going home from a, a particularly bad day at work, I will just blast the Broadway channel on the Sirius XM and just belt my heart out. Um, when I'm with the, my family and we've got weekend activities, we do stuff. So in the summer and the f- nice days of fall and spring, we'll go out and do the different Texas state parks. We'll hike or we'll swim. We don't camp because I do not sleep on the ground. So one last final question when it comes to the outreach and the teaching. Do you have a favorite demo that you like doing and why? Oh, wow. Tough question. Okay, I'm probably going to tell you the same thing I tell most of my mock lecture audiences. All chemists, and you know this, we're all secretly pyromaniacs. There's no secret about it. We, we are all pyromaniacs. It's, it's true. So I think my favorite is definitely Woosh Bottle. Okay. Because I can explain the idea and the concept behind combustion reactions. I can talk about why certain phases will or will not combust. You have to have the right phase of matter for things to happen and then we have fire have you ever had a demo go wrong luckily no but i do tease my audiences after we see the whoosh bottle because usually it gets a lot of gasps from especially the front people in the audience 
I always pick up the fire extinguisher and say, we are always ready with appropriate safety precautions. As long as we don't have to use it. So, Dr. McCartney, thank you so much for being this guest on the very first 12th Mole podcast. For the listeners out there that have questions for some of our guests, guest recommendations, or you want to be a guest on the show, feel free to contact the show at 12th Mole Podcast at gmail.com. Next month, our guest will be Texas A&M alumni and current Auburn University graduate student, Casey Ortiz, or as some of you might know him as, Casey the Chemist on TikTok, where he currently has a following of almost 25,000 viewers for his lab videos, science commentary, and recording his graduate experience. Until next time, this is the 12th Mole Podcast signing off and telling you all out there, continue wondering and experimenting, wear your safety goggles, and gig, gig them Aggies. Aggies.